an interesting choice to open things up for you guys this week. That's uh, The Darkness, of course. If, uh, if you don't know, there's a new album out. Anyway, that's not what we're here for. I am your host, Connor Jones, and you are listening to The Shit Show Fantasy Football League's Helmet to Helmet podcast. Feeling a little rev- revitalized. I, uh, I finally have figured out a good system for approaching these podcasts and uh, getting myself into the quote-unquote studio. Um, insert desk in his bedroom like a lonely cuck. And, uh, well, you know, I've had a lot of feedback from my league and the world at whole. Um, not really, mostly my league, on how this can get better, because it can always get better. I'm at the helm. Come on. Anyway, we're here today. It is, uh, well, now you're listening to it Thursday morning, October 10th. There's Thursday Night Football tonight. Slight delay, but thank you all for being uh, patient. And, uh, well, we have a we have a bit of news to open with here. We got a... Um, well, a trade in the Shit Show Fantasy Football League, and uh, that's between myself and uh, and Mr. John Moosis. Because, of course, you guys, I literally need to trade. It's become like a compulsion. A compulsion. I am... If I traded that's literally just on repeat in my head. That it's not even a question of oh is it time to trade it's no it's just if I trade it so at any given point throughout the season players will just flow through me like urine although hopefully a little higher quality than that uh anyway yes there has been a trade just this afternoon in fact between as I said John and the the team Hot Chub Time Machine great name and my team Madden Curse I uh, I acquired Lamar Jackson and uh, Emmanuel Sanders to the tune of a Josh Jacobs and Marvin Jones Jr. Kind of kind of a, an equal trade there gives him uh, a good wide receiver too while I improve my wide receiver two standpoint I pick up a more reliable and I say more reliable quarterback compared to what I've had I'll get to that um yeah and and i uh i give up josh jacobs as more of the parting piece for what he receives he was really looking to upgrade as he has Devonte adams on wide receiver he has uh alan robinson but he really needed to upgrade at running back or wide receiver i am not deep enough at wide receiver so that was a it was a good fit in fact it was such a good fit that based upon mostly the feedback of the league but also an idea i had on how much i love trades there's going to be a new segment that's sort of debuting this week uh no drop for it yet but i'm pleased to announce i do have a drop for one of the previous new segments so be excited it's not as polished as it should be in fact none of my drops are soon they'll be getting you know guitar and all that as a whole built out drop but it's something and you know what fuck you if you expected more because you obviously don't know how lazy i am uh that i guess takes me immediately into our quick question which still doesn't have a drop itself and uh that came from michael this week who said uh what is one move that each team can make to best improve itself for the rest of the season and you know uh i'm sure that there is a silver bullet on a technical level for every team i'll try to give every team a good amount of um time and attention to this as well because i think there's an opportunity to really help people here but i'm also going to put the caveat that i could absolutely be lying through my teeth about these because i'm i'm playing you guys i don't need you guys to improve so um asterisk you may or may not hear real advice here but even if you do 90 percent of the time i have no idea what the fuck i'm talking about so let's get started with my opponent this week because there's literally very little he can do um that would be the retard crew uh aka 
Christian. Christian has, as a roster, a, a pretty, I would say, balanced, I would I would actually correct that to say heavy on the wide receiver talent uh, team. He, he's got Carson, Rent, Carson Wentz as quarterback, and then his running backs are Joe Mixon, James White, and Devontae Freeman. But if you look at what he's got at wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins, Chris Godwin, and Stephon Diggs. Diggs hasn't been performing to what you want right now, but that's that's some name value, and there is definitely a team out there who wants a high wide receiver two ceiling for their team and is willing to give up some running back talent. So my advice to you, Christian, is pay attention and try to trade. This might become a theme here. Uh, my own team, I tried to remedy some of my own issues. I'll, I'll I guess, turn introspective for a moment here. I'm, I'm pretty solid on running back, Carryon Johnson and Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I just shored up my quarterback position with Lamar Jackson. I have Cooper Cup, who's been vastly outperforming my draft capital for him. I started with Antonio Brown this year, and Cooper Cup has really filled that void. And I just went and traded to get a mild improvement over Marvin Jones Jr. at wide receiver two with Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, I I see Cortland Sutton is coming down to earth a little bit, and Sanders coming back. So that's I've tried to do what is necessary to improve my team. Uh, I have New England defense, which has literally been outscoring my quarterback position, hence the need to trade. And uh, yeah, I, I went out, I saw my issues, and I'm correcting them. We got John Moosis, aforementioned hot chub time machine. And uh, well, he had Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson. And when you have Deshaun Watson, you don't necessarily need... Lamar Jackson he did only have Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry and Henry is boomer bust he's got Devontae Adams Marvin Jones Jr. and Brandon Cooks Cooks has not been stable enough even if you want to consider him the second wide receiver not even a flex so he wanted to shore up his flex position with uh with Marvin Jones Jr. Josh Jacobs will fill in nicely when he's off a bye and Derrick Henry can be a strong flex I mean really just shoring up a flex position that isn't bargain basement uh and unpredictable as brandon cooks has been um but otherwise he's got jason witten at tight end and evan ingram coming back from an injury so that team stands to improve greatly now that it has shored up a minor soft spot but essentially he did what i recommended to christian is you have equity somewhere traded away for value get good at the places where you're not good when you have good positions elsewhere uh, we got Austin Shake It Goff. Of course, his quarterback then would be Goff. He's also got also got Todd Gurley, who is underperforming. Chris Carson, who is just kind of performing. Uh, you know, he's not really completely owned RB1 duties in Seattle uh, as much as they've tried to force it on him. He fumbles away the opportunity. But he's got Julio Jones, Cortland Sutton, and Zach Ertz, Sony Michelle as a flex at the moment. But he otherwise has T.Y. Hilton, Austin Eckler, whose value is dropping, Chris Thompson. You know, this is a team where I'm seeing he has Austin Eckler. My move would be go find the uh, go find the owner of Melvin Gordon uh, and try to trade the, I mean handcuff like this is not just like a oh just in case he gets hurt i mean like austin eckler could if melvin gordon has a hissy fit one day or doesn't like the way something's going and chooses to step away again which i don't see happening but let's just pretend austin eckler steps in as good as melvin gordon and the melvin gordon owner might want that insurance so trade you have equity in that somebody else will find that player more valuable do it because you have chris thompson who would be a fine running back to flex. I, what you might try to trade for is something a little bit stronger, either if you want to improve quarterback. Uh, I don't see that as a, a major need. You have a serviceable quarterback in Goff. Perhaps it's just to shore up your wide receiver core, because with Hilton out this week, the week that you lose Julio, you're going to be really hurting. Just a thought. 
We then, of course, have Zeke and Destroy. That's piloted by Euron. Uh, he has Ezekiel Elliott, Matt Ryan at quarterback, uh, Aaron Jones as running back two. He's got Amari Cooper and Jeffrey at wide receiver, uh, DJ Moore at flex at the moment. Just an overall pretty well-rounded group. He even has Tyreek Hill coming back off of injury. He's got Marlon Mack who's on by. It's That's a pretty well-built team. However... He's got Drew Brees on his bench, Matt Stafford on his bench. So what I would say is just give the rest of the league a break. Drop a fucking quarterback so that you can, A, allow other people to stream occasionally, you fuck. But also, you might be able to pick up some value in the positions that are a little weak right now. Your tight ends, Geno Atkins. Is that even his name? Geno? Why do I feel like Jordan? Jordan Atkins. I don't know who Geno Atkins is. Jimmy Graham. Uh, you know, defense is not something I recommend really stressing out over, but streaming right now he's got the San Francisco defense against the Rams. Not my idea of a stream. And uh, really, the wide receiver two, assuming Hill, you know, takes a day to come or takes a, a week to come back still or isn't at full power this week. Maybe that's what you want to do. The, the point is, is you can always get better. Maybe you're a candidate, your own, to, uh, with a team like this, to drop a quarterback and pick up a handcuff. Pick up Pollard. You have Elliott. Elliott goes down. Pollard was very clearly pretty damn good spelling Ezekiel Elliott. But I digress. We got uh, Daniel Yost and the Mahomes equity line of credit, as the name would imply. He has Patrick Mahomes, so quarterback is set. He has Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Juju Smith-Schuster, Sammy Watkins, Delaney Walker, and Philip Lindsay. And let's, you know, Delaney, no, not Delaney Walker. I mean, he has Delaney Walker as well. Darren Waller is who's on his, uh, his team currently. I know that he is very sleep-deprived as a human right now with his new baby, I will not congratulate you, by the way. You've been congratulated before. It's the real world. No, but just kidding. My niece is adorable, so y'all better fucking recognize. Um, but he hasn't swapped a few pieces out of his active lineup. Sammy Watkins looking like he will not play, for example. Or, you know, that Oakland's on by and Darren Waller won't play. But looking at this team, there is an abundance of running back talent. There's also an abundance of wide receiver talent. Although, the talent is greatly underperforming right now. Juju, you would have guessed, would have been an absolute bottle rocket to the top. But with a third-string Devlin Hodges coming in, who I'll get to in a moment in our news segment, he uh, he ain't throwing to Juju as much as you'd want. It's It's no Big Ben. And even Big Ben wasn't like what you expected, so... I would say he could probably turn a Matt Barita or a Philip Lindsay into a good wide receiver two to pair with Juju who will give him consistency. You know, you just got to make sure you're actually looking at your fucking lineup once a week. Oh, man. Then we got Nathan with his China-themed Travis Kell CCP. For anybody who's missing the joke, that's the Chinese Communist Party. It's only week six, y'all. If you're missing the joke, I feel bad for you. Uh, he's got Russell Wilson, David Johnson, Leonard Fournette, Adam Thielen, Tyler Lockett, Travis Kelsey, duh, and Melvin Gordon. This is a team that was not looking so hot if Melvin Gordon was going to hold out, but with Melvin Gordon back, he has a solid core of players. You know, Ty Lockett has a great flex play when running backs are, are thin, uh, otherwise Jarvis Landry on the bench, Will Fuller right now, smart. Kyler Murray is his backup quarterback. Perhaps this is another team where there are teams hurting at quarterback. I'd try to trade a, a team a little thin at quarterback to give up Kyler Murray. Maybe then you pick up a another backup. Flex. I mean, this team doesn't really need to do a lot except 
not get injured. So perhaps you're also a candidate for picking up your handcuffs, you know. We're talking uh, Chase Edmonds for David Johnson. Perhaps, I don't know who the fuck's behind Leonard uh, Fournette anymore, but you might want to trade, I don't know, Kyler Murray and Will Fuller to the team that has Austin Eckler. Just a thought. I don't want to get too trade heavy on this uh, analysis. I do have a great new segment for y'all. It's going to be kind of fun when I can get a proper drop for it too and music in the background. Moving on to Michael's Wentz in a Lifetime, the very man who asked for this, because I think he's hoping I give him serviceable, usable information. Take a look at his Aaron Rodgers, Love Bell, Miles Sanders, OBJ, Tyler Boyd, George Kittle, Michael Gallup, and Jordan Howard team. I have roasted him once before for continuing to roster Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders, which we all know is a shit move. Philadelphia is not going to produce a single wide uh, running back one. So my recommendation is, A, get the fuck off of that. Um, I realize that there is a loss of value if you just suddenly say, yep, I'm just going to drop one, but at least play the right one. Jordan Howard's getting the goal line carries right now. Even if Miles Sanders is technically ahead of him on the depth chart, I would rather be taking the flyer every week as the underdog by wanting the Jordan Howard blow-up game. He has outscored Miles Sanders two games in a row now, and it's looking like that's becoming a trend. That said, you could really shore up your running back core by pairing a Jordan Howard with, you know, somebody is definitely out there looking for Tyler Boyd-level talent, looking for Josh Gordon-level talent, looking for even Michael Gallup has been very consistent in Dallas. Look for people who need that and then go for it. Like, like try to make something happen, a two-for-one, uh, a three-for-one if you have to, although most teams don't agree to that. But you should be looking to shore up, in my eyes, an inconsistent running back two with that. Because even looking at your bench, if somehow you could play three right wide receivers instead of uh three wide receivers and one running back instead of two running backs your flex would still be a wide receiver which means you're just deep you are deep at wide receiver and it's time for you to help fix your gaps we got uh the one in four super bowl slumps that would be of course our boy jace and just in case that's too loud for anybody to hear me talking, Jace has Gardner Minshew II at quarterback, uh, James Conner, Damian Williams, Michael Thomas, Robert Woods, Mark Andrews, Terry McLaurin. And of course, on the, uh, on the bench, he's got an injured Jalen Samuels, an injured Wayne Gallman, uh, bi-week Devin Singletary, Jacoby Brissett, Baker Mayfield. He is also rocking the three QB train right now. Of course, that's because of... Uh, well, that's, that's really because of bye weeks, but my recommendation, you know, Jace, not to be unfair to you, but your team is fucking ravaged right now, and it is definitely due to injury, but you are a candidate for somebody to go out and buy a Kyler Murray, let's say. Uh, you're also a candidate to try and shore up your flex position. Perhaps that's a one-two punch for you. Uh, you're injured. But I happen to know that the Saquon Barkley owner, who for some reason has him in our lineup this week, I'll get to him next, could really use Wayne Gallman as a, a handcuff later on. You know, like you can start pitching these things. Wayne Gallman's not going to help you if he's injured and on your bench. Uh, Baker Mayfield is droppable right now, too. Time to say sayonara to that literally negative two points and on a team that's facing the Rams this week no excuse me Cleveland this week Ugh. he is Cleveland he will be facing Seattle in Cleveland this week is what I was trying to say but my, my point being you know look for ways to turn what little you do have into opportunities for others to get value or get handcuffs that's what you can be at but also 
you're amongst Christian at the bottom of the league, so you should be looking two weeks ahead. What's the best matchup in two weeks? Because you have, unfortunately at this point, a bench that could withstand to drop players that are injured and or backups waiting to be replaced by their their starter, like a Wayne Gallman. Um, all that to say, there is no magic bullet for you, and I'm sorry. Lastly, we got Paris with his team speakeasy, and he's got Tom Brady, Saquon Barkley, Mark Ingram, Keenan Allen, Julian Edelman, Greg Olson, DJ Chark. Do, 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 do. Anyway, he's even got Mike Evans and AJ Green on the bench, Larry Fitzgerald. This man has a wide receiver core that makes literally the Pro Bowl look pathetic. Um, my recommendation, sell your wide receivers. You have Saquon Barkley, who's not going to be back this week, buddy. Sorry to break it to you. You also have literally Frank Gore on the bench as another running back. Um, you literally do not have another running back. So your option is zero with Saquon Barkley, or uh, I think Adrian Peterson just dropped to waivers in our league. Go run don't walk my point being yeah you have saquon but maybe you can shop julian edelman or dj chark or mike evans because aj green may be coming back later maybe someone's keen on green before wow that was good keen on green before he comes back as like a value and he's willing to give you a, a good running back piece but like you gotta fix that Mark Ingram uh, goes on by when? He goes on by in two weeks. Yeah, and okay, you can say Saquon will be back by then. He probably will. But I don't want to be in a position where Frank Gore is my only choice. So my recommendation is diversify your portfolio. You're heavy in the wide receivers, my friend. Whoa, that was fun. That was a long-winded quick question of the day. Of course... You can submit your own quick question to me via Twitter. As I mentioned before, I am at Helmet, the number two Helmet. I am uh, also reachable in our group chat for all you fucks I play with who never talk. You can also find me, myself, and I as the host of this podcast at Rambler underscore Jones on Twitter. Um, I'll probably be confused why you're choosing me over the podcast, but I'll also understand that you're just nervous you know you don't you don't want to talk to a weird icon as a face you just want to see my face as the twitter handle which is weird anyway time to move on because we got some news to talk about here and uh i can't find my drop here we go what do you live under a rock so in case you live under a rock we got cam newton out again Big surprise. He's out there chewing grass. We got, uh, and that's not a euphemism. He's literally a vegan, so he's probably out there chewing grass. Jalen Samuels will probably be out for about a month after a, a scope on whatever the fuck it was he injured. I can't remember now because I take really bad notes when I write my show docs. You got Evan Ingram, who's out this week. Saquon, out this week. Hunter Henry has not been ruled out technically but he's probably out this week you got philip dorsett has not been practicing nobody's rostered him in our league if you have him as a flex worthy option maybe don't uh if you're specifically looking for a new england wide receiver the next one up would be uh, brandon bolden i believe um but i'd look elsewhere personally there's probably value on the waiver wire you got uh, AJ Green confirmed to be out this week. It's looking like they're getting closer to starting him on a practice regime. Um, but keep your eyes peeled. Maybe a buy low target for anybody who's interested. You got uh, Patrick Mahomes. He's got an ankle issue as uh, aggravated by, I think he got stepped on or fallen upon during that Indianapolis game that they got absolutely raked. That's with a K. I'm not a freak. You got Sam Darnold, who is back to kissing strength. You got DJ ja ugh, Deshaun Jackson, rather. D-Jax. Uh, he's looking like he's getting close after that ab uh, abdominal strain or rib 
issue kind of nebulous that he was holding on to uh as i mentioned before pittsburgh is making a dance with the devlin that uh that being his, the third string quarterback there in pittsburgh uh i do not expect mason rudolph to be back in the next week or two so you may be seeing um devlin hodges for the next two matchups david johnson has a tight back but no indication that that's going to affect his availability this weekend i might roster chase edmonds if i'm a david johnson owner just because we saw that essentially chase edmonds will do everything david johnson can do and arizona has always been relatively productive for running backs good to note or you know if you're the two philadelphia running back owner you might look into chase edmonds as an opportunity in case of injury to have a startable running back for the first time then you got uh sterling shepherd who's out with another concussion um i don't know i don't believe he played this last week but my understanding was he showed up at the facility with symptoms of a concussion again so probably not even recovered from the last one is my understanding wayne gallman is confirmed out with his concussion and tyreek hill may very well be back this week i'd be watching tomorrow morning's practice report as the final say if he practices he's in so that's uh more or less a wrap-up of as much as i know that's happening well i got one more for you zay jones i wasn't going to talk about this because it's not that important but zay jones has been traded to the oakland raiders on their bye week uh for i want to say a 2021 draft pick and um there's another podcast i like to listen to myself that has an excellent drop where it's well produced you it's essentially mediocre signing of the week and that is so accurate it's appalling um very i think irrelevant for fantasy because tyra williams when healthy is definitely the wide receiver one there at the moment um zay jones might slide into a good wide receiver two if he can pick up the playbook i don't know how simple-minded or rather simple playbooked jay gruden is but uh yeah i think now we can step comfortably into a segment that will definitely piss off a few of you who lost by a player or two this week you suck yeah you suck wayne gallman granted you were injured i wanted to drop this in there because he only got you 1.4 uh, I typically don't prefer, just to recap, I prefer to avoid the injured. So if you liked, or if you rather hated that somebody goosed you or did something, but it was because they were injured, I'm sorry. I know you hate them. I will not hate them with you because I don't like to pile on. They got injured. That's a whole different ball game. Um, that said, Philip Rivers, you have no fucking excuse. 4.1 points against the 0-4 Denver Broncos. It's not the Denver defense you're used to it's not that it's not that good so how the hell do you drop a 4.1 i mean i'm lucky that i have christian mccaffrey i almost lost which is another thing i'm gonna add into uh match of the week will be converting to all the matches of the week because y'all some of these matches aren't even close it's hard to just make something sound good uh so matches of the week will be coming up shortly don't know why i'm giving an in-podcast advertisement lashawn mccoy gave you 1.3 didn't have a single carry be scared shady owners i'm looking at you myself uh don't know what's going on here damian williams is not good enough to have taken over all the duties coming into the game after several weeks out with an injury so what i'm gonna say here is don't freak out shady owners hold on if you're a non-shady owner i'd actually buy the dip i'm not saying that because i'm trying to get rid of them you're not going to get them off me what i'm saying is, is it's not going to be the same this is not us this is not the new status quo i'm willing to bet you they're going to go look at the tape and they're going to see uh, you can go look at the tape this was i feel like game plan oriented because they just they they got screwed it was a bad game the whole time they were just dominated by the uh 
just by possession. So anyway, point is, don't freak out at the 1.3 as much as it sucked. However, I would be freaking out. Mike Evans and Greg Olson, goose zeros. Now, um, if we were talking like, I don't know, uh, wide receiver two or three on a team goosing you and that was supposed to be remarkable. That's a whole different story. This is Mike Evans and Greg Olson. Greg Olson has not been super stellar since Kyle Allen took over, but like Mike Evans doesn't even have that excuse. It's Jameis Winston. So he just disappeared for you. I mean, Mike Evans has done this throughout his time in Tampa Bay it could be defensive scheme specific. I am not nearly technical enough to get into that and tell you. However, he may not be as consistent as you're going to want for the rest of this, this season. And he may be a great opportunity to trade to a wide receiver thirsty team. Just saying. Uh, MVS, that's uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling on Green Bay, only gave you 2.3. I don't know that he can really qualify for expecting great things, but you know what? It upset you nonetheless. Keenan Allen, 3.8, product of Phillip Rivers. Uh, Geronimo Allison, 3.8. You had uh, T.Y. Hilton, 5.7. Even in the win, it wasn't a blowout. It was just kind of a, the defense did what it was supposed to. Um... Baker Mayfield. I may just have to rename this section players who Baker Mayfielded because uh, holy crap. And now I'm a 49er fan and I think my my team's defense is good. But wow, um, that was an implosion and nothing brought me more pleasure than watching. And I hate college football, so this is all moot, but watching Nick Bosa exact revenge for baker mayfield's flag stunt when they went up to the o or the Ohio. i don't know how you, i told you i hate college football ohio he went up to ohio and planted the flag but um yeah it just uh yeah just bad negative two points from for mayfield in case i haven't said that already oj howard I have no idea what he did uh, because I'm a moron and left no mark next to his name. So while I search for that, you can see that Emmanuel Sanders gave you 1.4. OBJ gave you 4, which is not what OBJ should be giving you. Uh, OJ Howard gave you 1.5, by the way. He had more catches, or no, he had the same number of catches at the Tampa Bay Rays playoff game that he did in the actual game for his Tampa Bay team. Uh, Delaney Walker gave you 1.5. AP gave you 1.8. And Golden Tate only gave you 2.8. Not the debut you wanted for Golden Tate. And it doesn't really get better even with literally every single giant not named Daniel Jones out with an injury this week. I... What usually happens when a team plays New England defense is they will remove your best player, and when there is literally no one else on the field, your best player is just whoever's there. So Golden Tate is probably going to get destroyed this week in coverage. That's a, uh, a little mini killer's corner for you, since I don't have that as my killer corner feature. But, um, you know, we've gone over who sucked for who. We've gone over what our teams look like. I'm sure you've done the math in your head, but I'll go ahead and uh, for our match of the week no here. Way. I am not giving up. You have to. No, I don't. I will continue to run through a, a bit of a rundown of who played whom. Uh, so this week it was uh, Jace. He was one and three going into this week against myself at two and two. I gave him a bit of a route, 40-point difference, 137 to 97. And that was really on the back of McCaffrey and Josh Jacobs having a good game. And uh, he had that flub injury from Gallman. And even with the victory, Jacoby Brissett did not bring him the kind of points that he needed to overcome my Philip Rivers' astounding 4.1 cumulative points. And uh, 
otherwise it's just more of the same for a beleaguered jace team and i'm sorry to say that to you buddy no i'm not yeah yes i am then you had uh our communist overlord travis kell ccp just destroy his former roommate christian de lavalette and the r star 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 crew as espn has um censored the name retard and that's mostly on a strong Russell Wilson and Adam Thielen performance. And, oh yeah, this little thing called Philadelphia defense dropping 35 points. So if you remove even just the 35 points, Nathan still wins, but by like 19 points, not 50. Uh, oh, sorry, I never really read the score. 165 to 111, Nathan trounced Christian. You got uh, one of the lower scoring matchups of the week. Uh, Austin's Shake It Goff dropped a 103 to Paris's 67. Paris was the proud owner of Mike Evans and Greg Olson, the Goose Brothers. In fact, they were probably just on the sidelines playing that new untitled Goose game. Um, yeah, oof. Anyway, um, really nothing stellar on either team. Tom Brady made an attempt at clawing back some points. And, uh, ooh, okay. I mean, Julian Edelman's 21. Dak Prescott, well, Dak Prescott and Tom had almost the same points. But DJ Chark for Mike Evans would have made up almost all of the point difference in this matchup here. So you combine that with even just, like, the worst waiver wire tight end you could have found this week and he may have stolen a victory but alas next up we had uh <clears throat> we had john and hot chub time machine drop 94 points against zeke and destroy your own for those in the know uh he had 163 so your own continues to be one of the weirdest most anemic offenses i've seen uh, or teams, rather. Um, dropping a 70-burger over John. Uh, a little delightful, actually. Um, seeing that kind of points get dropped. Of course, that was all on the back of Matt Ryan's 31, Aaron Jones's 45, and Amari Cooper's 34 points. Even Allen Robinson's two touchdowns couldn't really save John there. Although he tried, to his credit. Uh, sadly, Deshaun Watson blew up on his bench, so there was a 30-point swing just in Deshaun Watson, but it would not have been enough. So, I have removed the temptation for John to play Lamar Miller, or, excuse me, Lamar Jackson over Deshaun Watson ever again by trading for Lamar Jackson. <clears throat> and lastly, one of the most close matchups of the week, we had uh, Daniels, Mahomes, Equity Land of Credit, and Wentz in a Lifetime go head-to-head. Uh, Daniel won 101.9 to 88.3. And that's really the big difference being a horribly subpar game for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, only bringing in about half of Patrick Mahomes' 18 points. And a, uh, a pretty good Dalvin Cook game. Because otherwise you had Sammy Watkins' goose and, uh, both of their defenses absolute shit. Uh... So it just, it came down to a, a few more points out of OBJ and Aaron Rodgers, and Michael might have stolen that one too. So instead, the current landscape ends up that uh, in first place, tied for first place, we got Yaron and Austin at 4-1. and one. We got tied for second place, we have five teams that's uh, myself, Nathan, John, Daniel, and Paris, all at 3-2. and two. You got two teams tied in third, if you can call it that. Uh, that's Michael and Jace at 1-4. and four. And bringing up the rear is the lovely Christian DeLavalette at 0-5. Ironically, not with the lowest points scored total in the league either. So, that's... Uh, that's an interesting conundrum there. 
I would say on paper his team doesn't look quite as bad as it's performing, but you have to put a coherent week together to win a game. That's just how it works. Anywho, uh, moving forward, I do not have, I have regrets to recap this week. I do, however, have a drop for Killer's Corner. Yeah, that's kind of flat. Uh, we're going to have some guitar riff or something in the middle of that eventually. Um, I'm working on really polishing every part of this podcast so that we have like a solid intro and each of the things sound similar with like the music and then my funny little drops like placed somewhere in it. Anyway, it's coming. That said, this week we got Killers Corner Killers. So, in case you have forgotten, Killer's Killer Corners is when the corner-to-wide receiver matchup favors the corner, but Killer's Corner Killers is when the wide receiver-to-cornerback matchup favors the wide receiver. So, this week, I was taking a look at uh, Cooper Cut, Robert Woods, and Brandon Cooks, and uh, to me... They have a heck of a matchup. If any part of the 49ers defense right now is weak, it's going to be their secondary. I mean, they have Richard Sherman, who is on the back nine of his career, but still effective. We got uh, Witherspoon back there. We have quite a few uh, Jaquiski Tart, I want to say. I know his last name is Tart. What a 49er fan am I? I can't even name my corners. Um... The point is, is that's a talented wide receiver core that's going to have a bit of wiggle room. The issue with this pick for me is that Jared Goff will not be protected. Uh, I was looking at a really interesting graph or start uh, chart rather that showed the 49ers defensive front four against the offensive line front four for the Rams. And it had the pro football focus rankings, you know, how they, like, rate the performance. The Rams was something like one player was at 70, and then all the rest were, like, 55, 50, maybe a 60 in there. I can't remember. And then our front four for the 49ers are rated. The lowest rating is a 70, and it's because uh, DeForest Buckner... <laughs> has been double teamed all season and therefore rendered pretty much ineffective in rankings for performance but otherwise everyone else is 80 82 84 so there is a pretty strong talent gap there now Goff has obviously faced other good defensive fronts previously and he's made it okay but there's a reason why the Rams are not undefeated right now um I, that's not meant to sound like I'm saying that there's a reason that the 49ers are, except that the 49ers have played mostly bad teams. This will be the first winning record team the 49ers will play, and it's a great challenge. If the defensive four of the 49ers get to Goff, though, my prediction of killers corner killers for Cup, Woods, and Cooks ain't going to be so great. So this is kind of contingent upon Goff actually staying in the pocket or being able to roll and get plays downfield it may not happen and as a 49er fan I'm kind of hoping it it happens that Goff has a hard time but as a Cooper Cup owner I'm also hoping that like the few times that he does get to have an all right time it's to Cooper Cup so you know that's just generally my thing here um yeah it I'm a total homer and I know that. Uh, I also know that that ramble of saying that if the 49ers get to the to Goff, then my killer corner prediction sucks. But, you know, I didn't want to put the killer corner prediction out there in a vacuum. Because to me... I, I'm kind of retarded. I would be kind of retarded if I, if I had just done that. So, anyway, uh, time for the newest... <laughs> segment wow that was loud um the newest segment i don't have a drop i want to play something in the background but i don't just want to play anything in the background so 
maybe I'll play this. Yeah, I think that's going to work. Um, so this is going to be known as trade personals. And I'm going to be your humble matchmaker. Because I've realized that some of y'all have a heck of a barrier to trading. And I don't know if it's because you don't know what you should be targeting or how to get yourself out there. I mean, sometimes you have your players and they're just like your players and you don't know what to do once you have, uh, once you have, I'm going to have this loop in the background here. Once you've got these people, you've kind of lost the ability to know what to do to go out and and get these new, exciting experiences with new players. So I'm going to help in a sort of a dear Connor, please, please help me sort of a way and advertise your needs. So first up, we have a delightful young man. I'm going to, by the way, these will all be anonymous. I will not be revealing the the people. However, um, the ownership of their players might kind of give them away a little bit. But we have this, this is a delightful young man here who is really, he's in a rough spot. And he's looking out in the world and he's saying, you know what would really complete me, what would really fulfill me, is an RB1 or 2. And I I get where you're coming from, man. I, you know, an RB1 or 2 is what we all deserve, although we may not ever let ourselves have it. We we have to recognize that there are things we're willing to give up, and, and he is very, very self-aware in that he has already discussed the things that he is willing to give up in order to uh, in order to find this RB1 or RB2 that he thinks he deserves in his life. He, he lists them thus. He, he says, you could have my OBJ, you could have my George Kittle, my David Montgomery, my Jordan Howard, but please, all I ask is for an RB1 or an RB2. He is currently residing in the shit show fantasy football league, so please limit your responses to there. But that's, uh, well, that's the only personal I have to share today. Uh, I am very much looking forward to making this a recurring element on every podcast. I, uh, I enjoy the hell out of lampooning the fuck out of, out of you um, as you all fail to make trades happen. So if I have to literally make this a Match.com segment, by the way, looking for sponsors, Match.com, the it could be the Match.com trade personals. Uh, essentially, I'm I'm here to instigate a little bit of you know like movement between the hips amongst some of our not very easy to trade with players in our league, so that we can have a lot more fun because the uncertainty is half of it all. So that'll be coming around a lot more. And uh, yeah, maybe I'll make that little background French accordion on repeat the official segment noise, uh, segment music. So that was kind of fun. I like that. Um, total aside, a drop has not been made for the commissioner's list. I'm working on it. I think I'm going to get a uh, an actual drop of the commissioner sounding like a fucking moron. Not me, but um, Roger Goodell. And uh, today I'm going to take a, a small topic as we're getting a little long in the tooth here. And I'm just going to discuss the way that our league eventually got to half point PPR and why we've stayed uh, and other small changes I've made to our point system. So essentially, way back when, when I was knee high to a grasshopper, you know, 21, and I started this league, we didn't know shit. Um, it happened in a frenzy. This league started uh, three days before the football season started. And 
we didn't know what to do or how to change it. And that's how most leagues, I think, happen, unless you've been in one before. And so we essentially said, screw it. We'll just take whatever settings are there. And it was fine. It was a it was a weird season. Um, we had a lot of things happen just on, like, internal rules that we had decided for each other that we didn't care for. Um, things that we had to tweak. We were, uh, we were quite harsh with doling out punishment for dumb choices or bad teams. There was a lot of stuff that happened, and uh, we sort of realized that amongst the internal changes, we also wanted to see a bit more balancing come to the league, because without any sort of point per reception or half point per reception, we realized how fucking valuable uh, running backs got. And I can't remember if it was after season one or after season two, uh, I had been hearing rumblings about how good half point was because it didn't overweight a wide receiver's value. It simply brought the value back uh, to more equal amongst running backs who are obviously more prone to goal line touchdowns. Um, so it, it helped remove the touchdown bias and basically once we did that and saw how much better it was you suddenly had uh running backs like chris thompson who are otherwise not worth a shit in a standard league um standard being a non-ppr league since apparently most most formats are using standard to def to note single ppr um chris thompson has a baseline value because he's going to receive two to three catches a game plus whatever yardage accumulates and the only people that it really affects on a high level are people like Christian McCaffrey, who who have a lot of usage anyway. So, like, they just get a little bit of a boost because their usage includes receptions. So it, it became... It, it neutralized the heaviness of bell cow running backs. And maybe what it did is it instead made, you know, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey too powerful. Um, but that's two players instead of six players, and, you know, it was less likely that any one team could have two of those at once. It, it balanced things for us. We, we found that to be quite useful. Uh, another thing that we changed was actually, uh, my decision, because... It became kind of insane how important an early pick was and that's the kicker so in an ESPN standard league kickers are pretty fucking valuable um, what happens is 0 to 30 uh, or maybe it's 0 to 40 yards 0 to 40 yard depth of kick field goal is 3 points 40 to 50 is 4 points, and 50 and over is 5 points. You can have a game where you easily have, uh, and I think I'll, I want to say an uh, extra point was also, maybe it was only 1 point. Um, and you obviously could lose points for missing kicks, which half the time you'd lose a point and it was like a blocked kick, which is like, okay, wow, my kicker did everything right. Why am I getting fucked? Because his, his protection sucks. Um... It just became way too frustrating for a position that has not no skill, but there's only 32 kickers in the league. Like, I'm not, you're not going to lose a lot um, if you choose to not pay attention to the kicker position. You're not just going to, like, lose an art, if you will. Uh, so it was mildly controversial, even amongst people who were in our league. Um, but I nerfed the kicker. I said... Why the fuck can a kicker get five points in a single play when a quarterback throwing a touchdown gets only four points? So we brought that down so that any extra point or kick made, uh, field goal made, up to 40 yards is now one point. A uh, field goal made from 40 to 50 is two points, and a field goal made from 50 and over is three points. Now, that still affects games. I've seen games won by much smaller than the margin of our kickers since we nerfed them. Uh, but it removes the Adam Vinatieri of 2017, or maybe it was last year. No, it was 2017, 
being literally like the third most valuable thing you could have had uh, on your team because like yeah of course fucking a kicker should not be that important personally it's just a position that has way too many x factors to even be i mean i don't want to get rid of it off the roster i think it's kind of a bastion of fantasy footballs you have to have a defense you have to have a kicker but let's make it not that important let's make it just kind of there um let's let's not make it so that people are literally streaming kickers and winning games because of it because i don't want to waste that kind of time on does my kicker really need to be this person or that person uh as a homer i just picked robbie gold this year and he's just gonna sit there he's had his bye week he's just gonna be there i don't need anyone else uh if my 49ers don't do well then that's i'll take that as like a minor a minor uh minor punch on the chin as like uh hey your your team also lost because your kicker didn't get very many points or whatever so it was something i was willing to deal with the flack on because i knew that in the end most people would just be kind of ambivalent like oh cool the kicker is like less important man like who's gonna who's really gonna plant their flag in that issue right uh (laughs) there are some people i know who just remove kickers altogether from every league they ever play in good for you as well i personally wouldn't like i said i think it's important because it's uh it's a kicker right it's they play the game too they're a part of the offense now something that's kind of i think kind of fucking hilarious that i've been talking about with a few of my my other league mates here uh i say that like i'm not recording a podcast that only they listen to um (laughs) we're gonna have a separate league a total batshit not worth anything league that we're gonna be starting next year and it's going to be a punter, individual defensive player, and kicker league, where literally the punter will accumulate points like a quarterback for the number of yards that the ball travels. Now, if I can make that happen where it's the distance the ball travels and not account for, you know, a good return, because that's really not up to the punter, um, I will definitely do that, because that to me is absolutely fucking hilarious make an absolute like in normal fantasy i don't want an irrelevant position to dominate how my team is doing but in a complete crazy league where it doesn't matter i would love to flip the narrative and make the dumbest well i won't say the dumbest my my dad actually uh he was a punter when he played football but i want to say that was high school so it's not that important but punters have an important job, but it's not relevant most of the time for fantasy. And I think it'd be fucking hilarious if people got to get like real excited about the Scottish hammer, just like belting a fucking football 69 yards like I did this uh, this Monday night football game. As soon as I found out that the Cleveland punter was named the Scottish hammer as a nickname, uh, something Gillen, I want to say, absolutely batshit hilarious dude with long ass hair just we need those stories that's that's something fun as a total side thing that i think could be great maybe it won't be that important to people and i'll need to make sure there's money behind it to make it fun but that's that's a side thing i'm willing to put together for our league that could be a a fun thing to do and i encourage you to explore things like that um it's almost like an in-season equivalent of a draft order determiner uh hell maybe this becomes our new draft order determiner is how however well you did in the punter league which is for all intents and purposes a joke uh determines your your draft order i think that would be absolutely fucking hilarious so anyway a lot of a lot of cool ideas came out of uh a pretty bad place um those amongst my league would know that i was not feeling it as the recording did not go up wednesday morning because i did not have the time of day to get to it the night before and it really bummed me out i'd really prefer to be consistent and you know i just wasn't uh i've been you know the previous few weeks really pushing to get them in there just to get them done and there wasn't a lot of fun in it and 
giving myself an extra day this week, but generally giving myself the time I need, I think will really make a difference. So anyway, on a much better mood than I was feeling 24 hours ago, I have been happy to be your host, Connor Jones. This is the Shit Show Fantasy Football League, and I, uh, well, I'm signing off. Thank you for listening tonight, and uh, don't forget to use that SurveyMonkey link that'll go out on Twitter to let me know what your trade personals are. Pajamas are